0: Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the educational show, the most important and critically acclaimed podcast that is recorded in our car. Today we are heading west in the Red Studio. We're on our way to central Missouri. And we've got a big show for you today because we believe in education. And let me give you an idea of the kind of the kind of education That we need here in America. We were just driving through a town. And the town, for as long as I can remember driving through that town, has had one highway intersection that has a four-way stop.
1: It's not like the light changes color or anything. No, it doesn't
0: change. It just blinks. It is a stoplight.
1: There's a blinking
0: red light Faces all four of you know, it's got a four fixture, so it faces one in every direction, blinking red. Okay, and there's a big stop sign on every uh, corner, so it's a stop, and right under that, there's a little smaller red sign that says four way stop. Okay, well, apparently. So there's a lack of education out there in public to where people can't count as high as four. You know, they count one, two, uh... Three. 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 Uh... Lots. Lots. Hmm. Right? Apparently. <laughs> because they're replacing they're not ta- replacing the stop signs. Okay? They're just replacing the Four-way stop signs with all-way stop signs. I got nothing, Spice. I got nothing.
1: Your tax dollars at work. Your
0: tax dollars at Somebody work. Somebody elected a perfectly
1: uh, person with an interest in signs. Per-
0: perfectly good sign. I mean, these weren't faded. They weren't bad. They weren't misspelled. They weren't misinstalled, which reminds me of a story. Many years ago, we were driving back in a camper. She's laughing. She knows.
1: Oh, yeah. That was a surreal well,
0: Yeah. A a lack of care moment. We were driving back from Kansas, and we were facing an uh, an unbelievable headwind. We're in a uh, pickup truck with a a crab shell camper on it, you know, a full camper. But it's one of the slide-ins. Big, huge one. Heavy one. And, man, that wind is just buffeting us. I mean, it's blowing us all over the place. It was a 45, 50-mile-an-hour headwind. I mean, it was just... I mean, trucks, big trucks were having to pull over. They were not able to handle this wind. It was just that bad. And we're driving along, and we see a a sign. I don't know the exact distances. I'm just going to guess here. But it was something along the lines of... uh, Salina, Kansas, You're ninety-eight miles.
1: Like, oh, cool! Oh, we're, cool. Yeah, than we we're, thought. We're, we're
0: making better time than I thought. Yeah, so we're driving along. We're driving along. Let me see. Salina, Kansas, one hundred and forty-eight miles.
1: Sunflower field. Sunflower, Sunflower field. field. Overpass. Sunflower. You know, all, Sunflower. All Sunflower. Overpass. Sunflower. Kind of Sunflower. Other, Overpass.
0: Did, did we just see that? And then. About fifty miles later, you see a sign saying Salina, Kansas, hundred and ninety-eight miles. It's like the town is moving away from us as we're driving towards. We're stuck in sunflower fields. Forever, it's like one of those Mobius things where you, the highways a Mobius. It was so just, monotonous.
1: You could imagine you were just on a little rotating wheel that was bringing the same fields and overpasses by The wind and the, wind and the heat
0: time. just blowing us all over the place. It was August, man, and the truck was really straining. So we were we didn't have the air conditioner on, and it just it was brutal. Turns out somebody at the Kansas Department of Transportation installed the signs backwards. Thank you. The ones on each end were. Backwards. I wonder if they did it on purpose.
1: It you got to be pretty bored, but it was Kansas.
0: It was pretty funny though, in retrospect. <laughs> so why all this talk about education? I mean, once we're out of school, we're out of school. Education's done, right?
1: Hmm. No, but thank no. you for playing. No. Look, what's one prep that you can take with you, no matter how quickly you'll have to leave, no matter how light you have to travel? That will always be able to serve you well in a giant variety of circumstances. Socks. What you know. Your socks get full of holes, so Uh. they become less useful over time. But I like socks. (laughs) You even like socks that are full of holes, but that's a different story. What you know stays with you. What you know serves you in a wide variety of circumstances. So... What you know helps you understand situations in different ways than you could understand them if you were just listening to the common patter and the so-called common wisdom, which, well, it is common at any rate. So education's a big deal. And there's a a giant, much underutilized, in my opinion, educational resource out there that could be of real service to preppers, for absolutely no additional cost,
0: not a not a cent. Because if nothing, you're listening to that, this
1: you got an internet connection, and that's all it takes.
0: An internet connection, and that includes your phone. If you have a smartphone,
1: yep. And it, they're called moocs. Moocs. Oh, I like moocs. I like making MOOC-y. Is that what <laughs> we're talking about? Um, not in the old game show. Oh, substitute well, wordplay. So
0: okay. Well.
1: Massive, open, online courses. Massive because in some of them I've been in, there have been 10,000 people enrolled at once. Worldwide.
0: 10,000 people. Maybe. You really don't
1: know oh. in many cases how many people are taking it at once. But in some of them, you do because they have open discussion boards and things. So massive because they, they're they published and they're open to the public. And... As many people as feel like taking the course can sign on and take the course. So you end up with lots and lots of people from all around the world.
0: Now, they have courses at all different levels from, from so you want to say a higher high school type, lower college type course, all up to really. They,
1: they start lower. They've got supplemental education uh, courses for younger kids, too.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah. They're a de- different structure, I mean, but they've got them.
0: So that would be an excellent resource for, for a homeschooler.
1: That's what they were built for. I'm not as much of an expert on those because I don't take those, frankly. And I take a lot of the ones that are aimed at college, uh, post-college, or educated layperson, depending on the topic. We did
0: not homeschool because we don't have kids. But if we had kids, we would have homeschooled. That would have been a thing. That would have been a thing. I probably would have stayed home and, and homeschooled them. And then she would have taught them math and science because... She does math, Because math, and math I don't. science. <laughs> and I don't. But, yeah, we definitely would have homeschooled, and that's, you know, that's a totally different thing. I just...
1: So there are resources out there for the kids, but the ones I'm kind of focusing on here are the ones the preppers probably listening to this podcast would be more interested in, and that's adult education.
0: Right. And there's all... It's just
1: all over the place. Anything you want, pretty much. Anything that has a wide enough appeal that... The people who put the courses out are willing to put in the time and effort and money to publish the course and make it available. So there are lots and lots of topics, but you can't find everything, no. Well, but pretty much. Hey, You can find basic principles of how to set up a solar system for your home, but you won't be able to find one that talks about how to set up a specific kind of solar system for a for a particular set of circumstances that you might find useful. You won't find one on um, cardiac surgery, but you will find them on cardiac rehab. Well, because,
0: frankly, nobody is really going to be doing off-the-cuff cardiac surgery.
1: Yeah, if your surgeon learned his cardiac surgery off a of MOOC, find a different surgeon. <laughs> yeah, <you> just, <laughs>
0: right? well, just go ahead and upgrade It's kind of deck. a
1: hands-on topic. And that's one of the limitations is... When you say hand
0: hand on your heart, they really actually mean that.
1: (laughs) Yep. It's kind of disturbing to hold a beating heart in your hand, to be honest with you. Uh, Good tip. Yeah.
0: Try to avoid it.
1: Even more disturbing when it stops. (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) So, yeah. And no, you can't prove
0: anything. (laughs) There's no evidence. So there.
1: Wide variety of topics available. And uh, they're free. Most of the places offer them in two different ways. The ones I take are free. Okay. You can certainly buy a lot of online college, but th- that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the free and ones. And some
0: of that is still worth it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because you get credit and stuff
1: like that. That's what the how a lot of uh, places run these, is they run them uh, both for audit and for certification. And if you decide you want to audit the course, you tell them you want to audit the course. They let you have access to all their educational content. They let you take their assessments, which are electronically graded, so they don't have to put any time and effort in it. If you're running it at the same time as a bunch of other people, they'll let you engage in the discussion on the discussion boards and encourage that. But they won't do anything that takes them individual um, educator time and cost to serve you because you're not paying them anything. And what you get is whatever knowledge you take with you out of your head. That's what you keep.
0: I have a question for you. You're using the words they and them. They and them. Can you give me some examples of who they and them might be?
1: Biggest producers of MOOCs are major universities. Harvard makes a ton of these and puts them out there. Uh, The University of Leeds in England does a whole bunch of these uh, there are a wide variety of other universities and institutions that have a smaller selection and those smaller selections are offered through kind of clearing houses of MOOCs like future Learn, all one word you go to future Learn and you'll find courses MOOCs on a whole bunch of different topics and one are offered by this school and one is offered by that school but they're all offered for free. And uh, the FutureLearn people just help distribute the information and get people enrolled. Coursera does the same thing. EdX does that, and they do most of Harvard's.
0: May I uh, throw, out, throw something out here? That you may sure. or may not have been meaning to talk about, but I think it, it dovetails nicely. When uh, you're talking about MOOCs, one of the things they're really good for is for expanding and updating your knowledge on a subject you may already have the basics of, but you may not have the updated version because, you know, things change. You know, the the information changes, the research changes. A perfect example of this is the MOOC course she's been taking on Ebola because she, she's I mean she's a pathophysiologist. She has an idea of what hemorrhagic fevers are and she got a pretty good idea of what Ebola is and how it works. But she's taking a course. I don't know if you're finished with it yet, but she's taking yeah. a course on Ebola and it's a more it's a more specific course than I think she's had before and it's updated with information that she what she originally learned, well, they, they know more about the disease now than they did then. So can you give a few examples of how this worked with the Ebola thing?
1: Uh, actually, with, with the Ebola, this particular course is about lessons learned from the most recent big epidemic right? in 2014, 2015, 13, 14, 15. Uh, they had 30,000 plus cases that were known and a whole lot more that were never reported. But there were a and lot of lessons. more than 10,000 deaths.
0: Yeah. There were a lot of lessons to be learned, weren't yeah.
1: there? Yeah. For uh, example. They talked about how the countries of Western Africa did attempt to respond to these and what worked for them and what did not work for them. Uh, what did they have to change about the healthcare delivery system to help keep these things from spreading in the future? Uh, you know, we're probably going to do... A, an
0: episode on this. Yeah, we are. Once just, I finish the Once you finish the classes. And so we're not going to go into too many details.
1: Yeah, some of it's public health stuff, but some of it is stuff that can be learned at the individual family and household level. That's and a lot of it well.
0: applies to not only just Ebola, obviously, because we're not really too worried about Ebola here in America. Yeah. But it would apply to other contagious diseases, highly contagious diseases. Um, so Anyway. So that's just an example of what we're talking about.
1: Also, I've taken multiple courses on things like immunology. And I uh, took quite a few graduate courses in immunology once upon a time. But that's been more than 20 years, and they've learned a heck of a lot in 20 years. And I found the MOOCs an extremely efficient way to update my knowledge with the uh, new research. I could dive into the primary literature, but that is much more time-consuming and much less efficient way of bringing myself up to date. I could get a modern textbook and read through it, but, yeah, have you read those? Nobody does that for fun. It's much more pleasant for me to get a, a good, high-quality MOOC, and I'll most of those you don't have to spend a whole lot of time watching. I might even be uh, painting or something else that is just handwork and listening to these courses, and it allows me to keep up with what's new in the field in a very pre-easy, on-my-own-schedule kind of way.
0: Uh, Here's one other thing I'll throw out there, too, is um, so much of, of what we do, her and I, is we're on the go a lot. We just are. And pretty much if we're not talking to you and we're not talking to each other about tasks that we have and... You know, just doing couple communications we want to talk and (laughs) take a couple communication stuff of being on trying to be on the same page on on most things. You know, we've pretty much got uh, a learning thing if we're both in the car. I like to do listen to some uh, escapist fiction. I do listen to some prepper fiction, and yeah, I don't i just call most of that science fiction and go with that. <laughs> um, and, um, but, you know, you can carry this stuff with you because it's online. And it's there for when you're ready to use it. It meets your schedule.
1: This Ebola course is structured as many of them are. The uh, lessons are actually a series of short video clips. Each video clip is between 3 and 15 minutes long. They're meant to be in small, bite-sized pieces because they know we're going to be working them around busy schedules. And each one has a limited topic, and they're sequenced in a useful way to help lead you through the important information on the topic. And this one is mostly a set of interviews between the educator who's leading the course and some people who were right there, boots on the ground, in the Ebola Awards, Managing the Ebola responses, setting up the response units. It's all people who are both experts in the field and had personal experience with this particular epidemic. And he's trying to draw out from them the lessons they learned from their experiences. But that's all audible information. So I can, if I were driving, I could just play it beside me. I don't have to look at it and learn while I drive.
0: And for me, I have no interest whatever in the subject. So she just put on some headphones, and boom—it's it's problem solved. I, I'm doing my own thing. She's doing her own thing. Yeah. She puts on her headphones, and or I'm doing something else. I'm not paying attention to what's going on in the background. It doesn't bother me.
1: Uh, He's learned to ignore any amount of disturbing descriptions coming coming from nasty from pathophysiology world. And hideous <laughs> and need I go on? Ah uh, no. So if, you, if somebody needs this sort of continuing education for a professional opportunity, maybe you've been a specialist in one, one field and want to kind of change track a little bit, and you want something to uh, show a potential employer that you do have uh, some experience and background in a topic, they will happily sell you the certification version of the course, which is very similar, but they track your attendance they track your scores on the assessments, and then they provide that information as a transcript on request to whoever you want it to. So, for example, if I had needed to establish my credentials as an immunologist who's kept up, I could have bought the certified version of the immunology course, and that transcript was worth continuing medical education credits. If I were a physician, which I'm not, I could have used it in that way. I didn't need that. Uh, I People where I work trust that I know what I'm doing by seeing what I'm doing, not by looking at the certifications. But it's an option. And that's one of the reasons a, a lot of these courses are out there is they had to build the course anyway. They provide it to the people who need certification for a relatively small fee, about 50 bucks course usually. But then, hey, it's built. So people who don't need certification, y'all can come in and, and watch our stuff and learn from it and yay, because we're educators and we like that.
0: So there you go. your tax dollars indeed at work, except for like Harvard's not.
1: Yeah, a lot of the uh, universities are funded by their respective governments. Yeah um, I,
0: I know you know one that uh, one that I've seen a couple MOOCs on that were kind of interesting to me were like Florida State
1: which
0: is,
1: you know, kind of cool. And some of them, you got to watch to see the point of view and the slant anywhere you get information. Obviously. You got to watch the slant and the point of view. For example, uh, when I started watching this course on the Ebola epidemic, it was clear to me that one of the messages that the educator hoped to get across was the need for some kind of pervasive, albeit minimal, Uh, healthcare system even in the most rural areas of the poorest countries in order to be able to know what was going on in these areas and be able to address problems before they came to the big cities and all of a sudden you had tens of thousands of infected cases so that's clearly something that this educator is trying to get across that's his slant since he's from Harvard and he has an academic reputation to defend, he has a strong motivation to not play with the facts or bias the presentation in a serious way because that would lose him credibility and it would lose Harvard credibility and they wouldn't put out the course with their name on it.
0: But then again, not many people are really concerned. At least not many people here taking this in English are really all that concerned about what it would take to get a uh, some type of socialized medicine going in the Congo. You know, it, that's not really a big concern for most of us. So
1: Yeah, it's not even at the level of socialized medicine. It's just at the level of basic infrastructure kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's... What I'm saying is you can see a slant in some of the courses but if you select carefully where you take the courses from, you'll be able to see where they're coming from and make your own judgments, and you can find reliable places that aren't going to play with the facts and aren't going to overlook significant bits of information because they don't suit their narrative. I wouldn't trust every MOOC out there for that to be true of, but I have a pretty good confidence that places like Harvard is not going to do that because their reputation is more valuable to them than any game they could get from playing that kind of game in the sciences.
0: In the sciences, we'll go that far.
1: Yeah, I, I watch them in the uh, most of the ones I watch are in the sciences. Now, some are in you know other stuff that's just kind of interesting to me, and, and they're I not deeply invested in what the educators think. Here's my take.
0: Yeah, if you uh, if you really want like political or socio type. Stuff when it comes to MOOCs, Uh, everything we we told you does not necessarily apply. You're on your own. You know, I mean that that's a whole different. We were she was talking about science stuff, and I would go to some extent. I could see that in any of the sciences. You get into the arts, the humanities, you're going to get more um, bias built into it because that's just the way it is.
1: Yeah, I've I've done a lot of history courses that I've enjoyed, but I, bias you do that see. with the understanding that historians have a bias that is hard to get around when they're choosing their presentation and stuff. It's a lot easier to not be too swayed by your own bias when you're a scientist.
0: And if you're, if you know, when you're looking at something like a history type thing... You'll, you'll, you'll listen to it because it's interesting and stuff like that, and uh, but you'll know right away what the guy's bias is, even if he's trying to hide it, or the woman's bias is, even if they're trying to hide it. Uh, but you know, it's still interesting to hear different points of view, whether you agree with them or not.
1: And if you're getting the course from a reputable source, even though the bias can be there in the selection at least the things that they present as facts are probably facts to the best of their ability because, again, they do have a reputation to defend.
0: Right. Or at least they're documented. I don't know if they're facts, but they are documented.
1: Well, that's what I said to the best of their ability. They won't flat out lie to you. No. Because flat out lying to you would be death to their professional career. Right. <laughs> I believe in motivated self-interest.
0: All right. Well, we are at our goal, so we're going to hang this one up and say thank you for listening, and we'll catch you the next time.
1: Bye-bye.